Hebrews 5.13, just a reminder. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. If we want to grow in Christ, if we want to be in the spiritually mature, we've got to grow in what? Righteousness. Not that you grow in righteousness, but it's growing in your knowledge of righteousness. You can't get any more righteous than you already are right now. You're, you're already there. Because you have been given the righteousness of God. And not as a gift or some kind of impartation. You became. He became sin who knew no sin so that you might become. So there is not a, like you grow in that righteousness. You can grow in your knowledge of it, but you can't actually grow in it. Because you are it. It is who you are. Okay, It is who you are now that you were in Christ. That is who you have been made to be. Romans 4. Again, reminder, Romans 4, 5 and 6. But no one earns God's righteousness can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. Even King David himself speaks to us regarding the complete wholeness that comes inside a person when God's powerful declaration of righteousness is heard over our life. When do we become whole? As we receive this declaration of righteousness, you become whole. That that uh, Miss Joanne was talking about earlier, going into where strokes, heart attack, doctor looking for something, not gonna find it here. Did you hear what she was declaring before she said that? She knew who she was. It wasn't based off of anything she had done. It's her knowledge of him and what he has already accomplished. Right? It's already done. It's a done deal. Right? Go over to chapter 5, verse 17. Again, a review scripture. Verse 17 of chapter 5. This is what he said. Death once held us in its grip by the blunder of one man. Death reigned as king over humanity. But when? Now. How much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoy our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness? How are you going to reign in life? Righteousness. Righteousness. You see how all these go together? Now, over the last couple of months, there's a lot more scriptures than that that goes through it. This is just, again, a review to remind you, why do we need this declaration of righteousness spoken over us and continually heard? Not just on Sundays, but every day of your life, it's got to get in your knower. Remember, this is your thinker, this is your knower. And it's got to get into the knower, right? So that you know. That when the world tells you otherwise, they ain't telling me. I already know. It's not what I think. It's what I know. Right? And these have to get pierced. That's what he's talking about. The piercing of the revelation of righteousness pierced in your heart is established. Right? So that when these things, like Miss Joanne said, when these things come into your life, you're not rattled. Because if I was confused, as James says, on two sides of the spectrum, one going this way and sometimes going this way, if I'm confused a little bit about who I am and what God's already done in me, when that thing attacks me, I'm going to start thinking, well, I must have did something bad. What's wrong with that, Miss Joanne? I'm basing it off of what? Me. That's right. That's right. That's right. So here we are, in Him, He in us, a new creation, right? Isaiah 53, 9. Somebody uh, read that for me. Isaiah 53, 9. 
I want to show you something maybe you've never noticed before. Isaiah 53, 9. Yeah, go ahead. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Mm. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. So he was assigned that. What? Deaths, right? If you look in the New American Standard Version, it is deaths, plural, right? So deaths, plural, like how many times he died? Once and for all. But guess how many deaths happened at that moment? There was a spiritual death and a physical death that happened. Wow. Same thing with you. Right? Yes or no? You see it or not? All right. Because we got to get past. It was more than just the, the beating that he took. It was spiritual and physical. Right? It was death plural. Isaiah 53, 9 says that. Right? So whenever he does that, he became sin for us. When did he die? The spiritual death? Not whenever the cross finally, and he says, it is finished. It was whenever he did what? Became sin who knew no sin. He died a spiritual death. Why? For you. For you, for me. Right? The Greek word hamartia, the Greek word for sin, remember that is disease. Not, ex not your actions. Your actions come from the disease of sin. So your actual action was not breaking the law because they already sinned before the law was ever introduced with Moses. Correct? So it's the sin, hamartia, it is the disease of sin. He became that disease for you so that you might become the righteousness of God. So he has that death, that spiritual death. Look at me with 1 Timothy 3. I'm going to go through these fast. <laughs> First Timothy three sixteen. For the mystery of righteousness is beyond all question. He was revealed as a human being and as our great high priest in the spirit. Angels gaze upon him as a man, and the glorious message of his kingly rulership is bringing, being preached to the nations. Many have believed in him, and he has been taken back to heaven and has ascended into the place of exalted glory. Where? In the heavenly realm. Yes, great is the mystery of what? Righteousness. He starts that off by saying the mystery of righteousness is beyond all question. Yes, this great mystery of righteousness. Look at 1 Peter 3, um, 18. 1 Peter 3, 18. Christ suffered and died for what? Sins. How many times? Once and for what? All. The innocent for the guilty to bring you where? Near to God by His body. Being put to death and being raised to life by what? By the Spirit. In 1 Timothy 3, what we just read, He was justified in the Spirit by doing what He did. He became what? Sin. Who knew no sin? He became the disease. He became hamartia for you. He became it. And he was justified in the spiritual realm by doing so. Right? Then it says in 1 Peter, he was then also in the spirit, did what? Made what? Alive. So what had to happen in the spirit? If he had to be made alive, something happened in the spirit. He did what? 
He died in the spirit. Two deaths. In the spiritual realm and the physical realm. And He died in that spiritual realm as well for who? You. So that you could be what now? Justified. Right? Look at Acts 13. Acts 13. Got a lot of passages for you. Acts 13. Verse 33. He has now. When? When? Now. Been fulfilled for us. Their children. For God has raised Jesus from the dead. And it says in Psalms, Today I reveal you as my son and I as your what? Father. So that means you are born from where? Above. When he's talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he's sitting there talking to Nicodemus and he's telling him, you must be what? Born again. And Nicodemus is like, what in the are you talking about? Right? He's like, I can't go back inside my mama. Come back out again. That ain't going to happen. He's trying to figure it out. And he says, you must be born of what? Spirit. You must be born of spirit. You must be born again. This says in Acts that now that we are in Christ, we are now born of Him and have become children of God and we become a son in that relationship. Right? We are born of who? God. So that means you had to die to something to be born what? Again. You died spiritually and physically in His death with Him. Right? Look at Colossians. Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 15. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. Sound familiar? The firstborn heir of all creation. Who was the firstborn heir? Jesus. Jesus. For in Him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. That's both parts, spirit and physical. All that is seen, all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, authority, it all exists through Him and for His purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything, what? Everything finds completion where? In Him. Where? In Him. He is the head of His body, which is the church, and since He is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, He is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. Let me ask you this. If He is the firstborn, that must mean there are some that are born after that, right? Correct? Yes or no? Otherwise, they would just say He was born. Right? But he is the firstborn heir, which means there is a legacy that is leading from him. Right? So if he is the firstborn among all those, and then where are we? Right there with it. He's the firstborn, and we are born again with him. Right? Now, Bill Johnson got in trouble with this a long time ago about saying that Jesus was the first to be born again. And he got in all kinds of trouble about that a long time ago because they were like, he didn't have to be born again, blah, blah, blah. And he was simply saying the same thing right here. What was he? This is what the Scripture says. Right? We've got to be careful what we're denying. That's that Antichrist spirit. Antichrist spirit want to tell you that this can't be possible. Right? 
So the born again, he died spiritually and he died physically. And he was raised up to what? New life. And when that, when that happened again, he was born of a what? New nature. If he's the firstborn among all those, and it says the firstborn heir, Paul says we are now what with Christ? Heirs. So what is his is now what? Ours. Everything. Everything. All right, Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. We have become His poetry. Who has? We. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus the Anointed One even before we were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. What was your predestination? To become in the image of Christ. This is what you were supposed to be from the very beginning. This is what it should have looked like. This is what Adam and Eve should have looked like in the garden the whole time. Right? Not just at the beginning. So Jesus comes to redeem that and being born again, the first among many, that we can fall in that same pattern as Him and not Adam. Right? So when He was made sin, then He was justified and when he was justified, when he was made sin, he did what? He come out of the grave. Then he did what? He carried his blood to the mercy seat in the heavenly holy of holies. And then he sat down at the right hand of the Father saying, It is finished. To tell us die, it is done. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so this is what, because of all of that, this is what's now, right now, not in the sweet by and by, in the right now, this is what's available to us as sons. Romans chapter 3. So that was my introduction. I tried to do it as fast as I could. <laughs> Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Jesus, God-given destiny, was to be the sacrifice to take away what? Sins. And now He is our mercy seat because of His death on the cross. We come to Him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice. Didn't I say He was justified? Because until now, He had been so patient holding back His justice out of His tolerance for us. So He did what? He covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. So up until the point of Jesus' sacrifice, what happened? With your sins. They were just simply what? Covered, right? Which is what, what you go back to some of the old saints, snow-covered dung, right? But that was Old Testament. You're not snow-covered dung in the New Testament, Right? In the new covenant, it is different. The sacrifice, what happened in the past was it just simply covered your sins. You still had the sin nature. Just because your sin is pardoned does not mean you have a new nature. Do you understand? So He not only just forgave it, He remitted it, meaning you came into a new new um, DNA, new characteristic, new everything. It's done. Now, all the old has been passed away. Behold, all things have what? Now become new. Right? Alright, so, verse... Um, then he goes on to say, 
So he covered over the sins those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. And when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was an only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy, to offer up his own son. So when? Now. Because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. So that sin conscious that we've been talking about for the last few months, God figured out a way how to deal with the sin consciousness, right? You are still sin conscious if he pardoned your sins. Look at all the way from Moses to the time that Jesus came. They were still sin conscious, right? As you said about David earlier, right? So they were still sin conscious. But what happened? When your sins are removed, meaning the disease itself is removed from the person and you have a new nature, that deals with the sin conscious. That's now what's available for us. So no man can stand in that righteousness by just having that sin pardoned. Correct? Like, because we're still going to be thinking. We're still going to be thinking it. We're still going to have shame. We're still going to have guilt. We're still going to be conscious of that thing that caused us to do it. Yes, I'm thankful that He forgave my sins. But isn't that what we hear most of the time in the Western church that your sins were forgiven or they've been pardoned like it's in a law school? And they still, we go out the door asking for forgiveness, praying and repenting as much as we can at the altar, and then go out and do the same thing over again. Why? Because it's still on our conscience. We've been preached the wrong message. The declaration of righteousness has not yet been pierced in our hearts. And until it is preached into our hearts and to our knower, we will still continue that same pattern because we don't know that we're a new creation. We just think we have a pardon. That's good. We can't live like that. Right? Just like, again, I'm going to use her example again. I would not... If I didn't, if I just thought mine were pardoned, I wouldn't have the confidence and the boldness to go before the throne of God when I've just had, what'd you say, two strokes and a heart attack. I'd be like, all right, well, this must be my lot in life. I just got to go home. That's right. But when I'm confident, I'm not going anywhere till He says it's time. That's right. Be like Enoch. You're just a little bit closer to my house today than you are at yours. Why don't you just stay on over? That's the way I'm on. Right? We have to fix this mindset that we have. And the only way it's going to get fixed is we got to get pierced by the revelation of righteousness. That's the only way that our minds are going to get fixed to where they need to be to where we're focused on Christ Jesus. Because otherwise, who are we still focused on? That sin consciousness is self-conscious. And that's not, that is still the Antichrist spirit. Right? So the sins are remitted how many times? Once and for all. They're remitted. Right? So anytime we see the word... um, Sometimes it's translated forgiveness in in your English Bibles. Okay? But the term actually a lot of times is remitted. There is not one time that the word remitted is not in the Bible about being born again. 
When you're being born again of a new nature, it always talks about sins being remitted, meaning it's done. Now, there's nine times where it talks about the word actually forgiveness, which is the word aphesis in the Greek. Okay? And it's used nine times, and it's always associated with your fellowship. Meaning, I'm not, I'm not lining up today with where you say I really am. Right? And so in my relationship, I just want to say, my bad. I shouldn't, like, I am not identifying where I need to be. So I'm walking in this relationship with you. Nine times that that term is used for that. Never is Ephesus or the word forgiveness in that point where it's a pardon is never used in association with being born again. Every time it's used with being born again, it says remitted meaning done for. Why? Because you've got a new nature. It's all done. The disease has been extracted from you. Why? He became that thing. He became it. Like everybody. From the very beginning to the very end, He became the actual disease that lived in all of us. And whenever He became it, He took that thing down to death, as I've said, and He strangled it to death. That disease has been strangled and done for. In fact, the, the term is actually used annihilated. Right? So he annihilated that, that disease. And the only reason we have a problem with it is because we have continued to believe a lie. Which is what started in the garden. And the only way you can be affected by it still today or to be uh, enslaved to it today is to believe the lie. It empowers the liar, right? So, Hebrews 9, 26. Hebrews 9, verse 26. For that would mean he would suffer. And it was talking about, you know, he didn't have to repeat it. He only did it one time. For that would mean, verse 26, he must suffer repeatedly ever since the fall of the world. But now he has appeared at the fulfillment of the ages to do what? abolish, annihilate that word I was talking about earlier. Sin once and for all by the sacrifice for Himself. The disease is gone. Unless you choose to live under it. By faith, Romans said in chapter 4, by faith the righteousness is transferred to you. It's already been done though. It's already been done. Familiar passage we've been looking at. Now put it together with these passages we read today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, where? Into Him. That being born again is you in Him and Him in you. Right? So He became sin. You just got to get that through your, through your head, right? Get it past here down to here. Visualize it. If you have to close your eyes and visualize it, right? That he may enlighten your imagination, Paul says in Ephesians. Close your eyes. See it. He is extracting the sin of the world into his body. Where was God all that time? He was in Christ reconciling the world. Doing what? Drawing that thing out of us. Just like you would suck the poison that a snake bit you, you would suck that poison out. It is being... Just picture that. Just picture Him, the center of the universe. 
and all that's being extracted into him. Then he takes that thing to Hades, strangles it, kills it out, therefore justified, and then you are justified with him. He comes up and so do you. He's the first one out and you're the second one out. Can you picture that? That's what happened. That's where you are. That's who you are. Okay? So he says in verse 17, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, that's when you were enfolded. You're in him. He's in you, you're in him. Born again. He has become an entirely what? New person. How much? All. How much? How much? All means what? All. That is related to the old order has vanished. It's gone. Yeah, but brother, I'm still dealing with this. And I'm st- that's because you choose to. That's because you choose it to. That's because you don't even know who you are. You don't know what He's done for you. You don't know who He is. And you still haven't discovered who you are yet. That's why. Not because you're a bad person. Not because you were just born that way. Those are all lies from the enemy. Those are all lies from the enemy. Behold everything. How much? Everything is fresh and new. And God has made how many things? All things new. Reconciled us to Himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. That is our ministry to let everyone know, hey, you in. In what? In Christ. And Christ is what? In you. This is what it means to be born again. He was the first fruit among those to be born again with that new nature that we come after Him and we are the second born under that coming after Him all the way down. But yet we still try to say, but if it wasn't for Adam, we wouldn't be dealing with this. And we keep talking about Adam. Adam has been taken care of and we have been grafted out of Adam and grafted in the vine of Christ Jesus, but we choose to not accept it. That's believing. Again, past here into here. Right? Romans 6, 5. You don't know where your books or your Bible are. You will after today. <laughs> Romans 6, 5. For since we are... Oh, I love this word. Mm, come on. For since we are... Somebody say it. Permanently. That's not in and out. Somebody text me this week. Text me a passage out of Second Chronicles. And said, so does that mean that we uh, can lose our salvation? I said, for you to even ask that question means you don't understand what salvation is. Isn't it not something we get and take? And I led him through the passages in the New Testament where it says, we've been weotheseed, which means you've been taken through a ceremony of cleansing you to make you a son. Even your DNA is shifted if you choose to believe it. I said, then how can it be extracted out? This is a permanent thing. The only way you is you ain't believing. Your believer wrong. You got to get your believer lined up, Right? So go back. Verse 5. Permanently grafted into Him to do what? Experience a death like His. Then we are permanently grafted into Him to experience a resurrection like His and the new life that that imparts. 
again, but I ain't experiencing that, then you don't believe it. You don't believe it. You're still moved, as James says, by the move of the earth, wherever it's going, right? Double minded. What does James say about that, too? Think about this. That's exactly right. Don't expect to get anything if you're double-minded in that way. He talks about also in that same passage about your tongue. Does he not? And how it controls the course of life like a rudder on a ship. What's your majority of your body made out of? Anybody know? Water. Think it's coincidence he's using that ship metaphor? How's the baby born? Water. That's right. The course of your life, he's saying. What you believe, Jesus said, in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. What course are you taking? What do you actually believe? When circumstances hit your neighbor, what's the first thing out of your mouth? When circumstances hit your household, what's the first thing out of your mouth? That'll show you what you believe. That'll show you. That'll show you if you actually pierce with the revelation of righteousness yet. It'll show you. Right. Yeah. John 10.10. For those who are in Christ, if you've been born again, a new creation, John 10.10, what do you get from that? Life or death? Life, right? John 10, 10. What does it say? For I have come to bring you life and life what? To the full, abundance, overflowing, right? To know something full is not if it's at the top. It's if it's coming over the top and it's overflowing. Because if it's just at the top, it's still got a little bit more room. I want to be overflowing. That's where he says I should be, is overflowing. The enemy is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if I am in Him and believe I am in Him, then life overflows. Rivers of living water flow from His belly. Right? Look at John 5, 24. What are we doing on time? I ain't got my watch today, by the way. John 5, 24. I speak to you in eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. If you do what? Believe. If you do what? Believe. In me. Where? In me. What did we say? Is In me. Being born again. You have already passed from the realm of death. Where? Into life. This is, again, he's, he says it's right now. This is Jesus' words. If you believe that, you believe what I said, you passed into this life overflow. Not one day of the sweet by and by. I don't have to... That, if I'm waiting until I die for that to happen, that means death is the victory. And it says, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? So that's a lie again from the enemy. So he can make you as miserable as hell on earth. And then finally, one day I can be in heaven. That ain't what it says. That is, it is right now. First John. Not just John. Let's go to First John now. First John chapter 5. First John 5 verse 12. Whoever has the Son has what? Life. 
Whoever does not have the Son does not possess eternal life. I've written this letter to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Why? So that you will be assured and know without a doubt you have eternal life. And John 17, 3, he says, what is eternal life? And he says it is to know Him intimately. When can you have that? Now. Right now. This is not a hope of one day. It is receiving now. Galatians 6.15 Again, all these scriptures are so you will not be confused. Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. Whether a man is circumcised or uncircumcised, that's meaningless to me, he said. What really matters is this transforming power of this new creation life. He could not be talking about heaven. He is talking about an obvious transformation that you went from dark to light, that you went from death to life. And in this lifetime, David said, if I wouldn't have believed I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, then that would be surely my demise right now. I have to believe it's right now. I have to believe it is right now. John 8.36, we don't have to go there, but you know this passage. Who, who, the sun sets, who He who the Son sets free is what? Free, free what? Free. Indeed. Do you know that, that word there, free indeed, actually means in His real reality. The one who is free in Christ has now finally come to His real reality. But yet... We want to say, well, my real reality is I'm just a poor, pitiful sinner saved by grace and I just got to keep on keeping on till He comes back or I go home. Biggest lie. And that's preaching. That, that's preached from the pulpits. Right? He says, if you are free in Him, that's your real reality. And it's right now. Habakkuk 2.4, you don't have to go there, but just know that is the Scripture that says, righteousness will live by what? By what? Faith. By faith, right? Look at um, Romans one seventeen, and we'll close on this one. I'll give you a couple more that you can use at home for your own personal study. Romans one seventeen. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we do what. We believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the Scripture says. When we are, we are right with God through life-giving faith. Again, he's quoting Habakkuk right there. He's quoting Habakkuk 2.4. In fact, Habakkuk 2.4 is quoted again. Romans 1.17, what we just read. Galatians 3.11. Hebrews 10.38. All those are saying that the righteous will live by what? faith. Habakkuk was prophesying to a generation who we are that generation who says you will live by faith. And when you're living by faith of what he's already done for you, you are declared righteous. No going back and forth. Look at what he says. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. Therefore, you cannot say 
Pastor, I've heard that passage before. I've heard that message before. So give me something new. When did it say that you quit learning that? Continual. On and on and on. It means you can go deeper and deeper with that. When you think when you think you know who you are in Christ, you ain't even there. You ain't even broke the surface. There's so much he's taught me in the last three years that I I, I thought I already knew. I ain't even close. Not even close to what he wanted to reveal to me. Not at all. It's a continual revelation. Continual unveiling, right? And just think about this. He says a continual unveiling. And then he says, remember in Hebrews, that there are still some today who walk with the veil over their eyes. This will set you free. Because he, he clears it up in Hebrews. How are you going to get the veil removed? When that one turns to Christ. Turns, actually it says inward. Because where is He? In you. You are in Him. He's in you. And turn inward to what He has already established in you and who He really is. And whenever the one does that, the veil is removed. And then from that point on, the Holy Spirit, remember we looked at week before last, the Holy Spirit's job is to continue to do what? One, he convicts the world of right. I mean, of uh, sin. But then he does what? Con- convinces us of righteousness. Continual, so that we can continue to go deeper and grow in him. How are you going to get deeper? How are you going to grow? Revelation of righteousness, and then you'll become complete, holy, complete, whole. I mean. So let's pray. Father, you are so good. We thank you for our salvation. Thank you that it is not based on anything that we've done, but already what you have established. Not that we just get some ticket punch one day, that we get to go to heaven one day, not an insurance, not a fire car. But you have made all things new. You have extracted the sin nature from us and given us your nature that we become the righteousness of God. We thank you that we can't get any more righteous than we already are right now, but we're thankful that we can grow in that revelation of righteousness. And we pray that you continue day after day after day after day, week after week, that you continue to reveal truth to us and in our hearts until it becomes deep and pierced in our hearts. And as we become whole, we become those ministers of reconciliation who reconcile the world back to you. For the earth is groaning in an uproar for the sons of God to take their place. Our first step in taking our place is discovering who we really are. Won't you just stand where you are? I want us to go back to that place we said earlier. I want you with your eyes closed. Stretch out your arms. I just want you to picture that again. Christ. 
It was hung on that tree. See, Adam ate of the tree of life and Jesus says, now come to this new tree. Where He was suspended between heaven and earth making a way. A new portal. A new gateway. Where we all enter through Him. picture the earth however you want to picture that but just starting at all four corners of the earth and just coming all the way to the center where he is extracting all the sin the disease of self much so sweating drops of blood takes that thing down and strangles it out annihilating sin but here's the part I want you to really focus on when I say that is there something internally in you that still wants to say yeah but what about? It means you're like James says. You're about to be shifted side to side. So will you in this moment say, Yes, Lord, I believe. Maybe you never even heard salvation put this way. And maybe for the first time today that you are realizing, you know, all I got was a ticket to heaven, thinking that I was getting a ticket to heaven. But today I want to swap this life. I want my old nature gone. I don't want just my sin pardon. I want it gone. I don't want to be covered. I want it gone. And I choose to believe that it is gone and I choose to believe in you, Father. I choose to believe in you, Jesus, what you did for me. And then my heart and my mind and my flesh and my spirit agree with being one with you in this moment. And that's what the Bible says, being born again. Maybe that's your first time doing that and you want to come and celebrate with us this morning. Maybe you just want to sit there and worship for a little while. Just going to stand in His presence for a minute, receiving anything He wants to give you. Ask Him to reveal truth.
Amen. So glad you made it today, Mass. My pal, Dustin, lead us. Pray over us and dismiss us.